difficult. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the flow of goods from the UK to Ireland is also difficult sure. because it is not subject to tariffs and quotas, but it is t- subject to customs duties. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's, it's messy and it will have an economic cost. Okay. Well, I'd like to thank David Roche for spending a little bit of extra time with us today. And instead of the view from Taiwan, we had the view uh, of Ireland from Hong Kong. Thank you very much, David. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Okay, I'm going to give you a final market update. The Nikkei is in the green zone. It is up right now. The Kospi is down, as is the Australian Stock Exchange. Uh, Looking at the weather, 13 degrees Celsius right now in Hong Kong. Mainly fine and dry, cold in the morning. Max temperature, 19 degrees. Remember, we're in the tropics. That's hot. I'm Canadian. And thank you very much for listening. I'm Andrew Work, and this is Money Talk. It's 8.31. Samantha Butler has the half-hour news. Democratic Party District Councillor and lawyer Wong Kwok Tung has been taken to a police station. Mr Wong wrote on social media that officers from the Forces National Security Department showed up at his home at around 6 o'clock this morning. It follows the arrest last week of more than 50 pan-Democrats who took part in a primary vote for LegCo elections last year after officials warned it could breach national security laws. The U.S. House of Representatives has voted to impeach President Trump for inciting insurrection following last week's assault on the Capitol. Mr. Trump becomes the first president to be impeached twice. Ten Republicans join the Democrats to vote for impeachment. President Trump now faces trial in the Senate, but that won't happen before Joe Biden is sworn in as the next president in a week's time. Here's the BBC's Barbara Plettusher. Mitch McConnell has said that they will not start the trial until after the inauguration and in his statement he uh, they want uh, instead to use the next week to focus on a peaceful transition of power um, before the inauguration and then they'll take up the trial afterwards. Now that's a criticism that uh, the Republicans, some of the Republicans leveled at the Democrats saying why are you taking this measure since he's going to be out of office anyway before you start the trial and you're saying that he's a threat and so you need to act quickly, you don't know what he's going to do in the next week. Um, And in fact, he's going to be there anyway. The World Health Organization has warned that 2021 could be harder than 2020 because of the spread of new and more infectious coronavirus variants. A highly transmissible one which originated in Britain has spread to 50 countries and territories. Here's the BBC's Imogen Folks. Everyone wants an end to lockdowns and a return to the things that make life fun. Holidays, dinners in restaurants, meeting friends. But today the WHO brought a cold dose of reality to those hopes. This second year of the pandemic could be even tougher than the first. New variants of the virus are being reported and while so far they don't make infected patients more ill, some do spread much more easily. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Hugh Chiverton. Your co-host today is Jenny Lamb. Jenny, good morning to you. Good morning, Hugh. Today we're talking about US politics and about vaccines. So Donald Trump has become the first US president to be impeached for a second time when a bipartisan majority in the House of Representatives voted to charge him with inciting last week's attack on the US Capitol. One week before he's due to leave office, a total of 232 lawmakers, including 10 Republicans, voted to impeach for high crimes and misdemeanors. 
Myers on a single charge of incitement of insurrection. Impeachment triggers a, tr- triggers a trial in the US Senate, but the chamber is not expected to take up the matter until after Biden is inaugurated. In his first public remarks since the vote, Trump said he unequivocally condemns the violence that took place and addressed planned demonstrations in Washington ahead of the inauguration, telling those who plan to attend to refrain from violence and law-breaking. Well, what do you make of the dramatic developments? Do you think the impeachment is justified? Will it heal or divide? And what is Trump's future now? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, backchat at rthk.hk, or you can call us, and our telephone number is 233-88266. That's 233-88266. A couple of comments to uh, kick us off uh, in uh, emails. Uh, Anthony says, uh, President Trump was right yesterday. The 25th Amendment will come back to haunt Joe Biden and his administration. As the expression goes, be careful what you wish for. Ho, ho, ho. Joey Biden needs to drink more Red Bull and Lucasade. Uh, Have fun reading the Vogue magazine cover, Joe. And Herman says, it's good that we in Hong Kong... Uh, We are in Hong Kong and can rationally discuss the absurdity of a fast-moving political movement to remove a president who will be gone in a week. While the impeachment efforts are front and centre, we should also look at what's happening elsewhere. Chuck Schumer is calling those who are in the Capitol building insurrectionists and wants to ban them from air travel, despite the fact that the police allowed these insurrectionists inside and that a number of these insurrectionists did nothing more than take selfies and support Trump. Uh, AOC made a call to to create lists of people who supported Trump for retaliation. And, of course, there were the bans by big tech of Trump and his supporters that even Germany's Angela Merkel and others criticised as attacks on free speech. Is doing this, calling people insurrectionists, making a list of Trump supporters for retaliation without due process of law constitutional? Is this indicative of a government that represents everyone or only select philosophers? Do we even know all the facts? Remember that it took several months before we learned of the antics of an American ex-Amnesty International staffer named Brian Kern, who allegedly attempted to stoke violent protests in Hong Kong in 2019 by posting inflammatory messages under the pen pen name Kon Chan Kun. As another listener correctly noted earlier this year, 74 million people voted for Trump, so if big tech and democratic leadership are as smart as they think they are, then why haven't they recognised that a hurried impeachment and censorship of dissenting voices may only serve to further inflame this large constituency that has lots and lots of guns? That is from Herman. Uh, Joining us now, uh, we have... uh, uh, Nicholas Gordon, uh, who's chair of uh, Democrats uh, Abroad. Uh, Dan Van Hoy is with us, a 20-year resident of Hong Kong, teacher, businessman, and a member of Republicans overseas. I'm also joined by Francis Moriarty, now a journalist in the United States, formerly, of course, of uh, RTHK. Good morning to one and all. Um, uh, Nicholas Gordon, maybe we'll start with you. Good morning. Morning. Hi, thanks for joining us. Um, do you think this was a good idea, the impeachment? If so, Why? Anyone can take a look at the article of impeachment that was just passed in the House this morning. Um, It's only four pages long, and there's only one article, Incitement of Insurrection. Um, And you can read it. It sets out all the the facts. It sets out that uh, President Donald Trump has consistently put forward a false narrative of election fraud since losing the election in November. Um, He has ginned up his supporters with calls like, if you don't fight for our country, you'll, you'll lose it. Um, and he has incited his supporters 
with rhetoric that encourages um, actions like what happened last Wednesday. Um, as you noted, it, it, this resolution passed. This resolution passed in the House with 232 votes, including 10 Republicans and including uh, Liz, Congresswoman Liz Cheney, who is number three in the House Republican leadership. Um, in terms of whether it's worth it, I mean, the the main point here is accountability. This was an attack on on the American center of democratic governance. Um, if you talk to Congress people at the scenes, they talk about having to flee um, their staff, hiding under tables as 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 rioters, you know, tore apart their offices, insurrections tore apart their offices, vandalizing signs, vandalizing theirs. Um, people were attacked. People have passed away. Um, this was this was a disaster. Um, and okay. if you listen to Congress people talk about this, you can see the emotion. Um, in seeing that the place where they work and the place where they do the business of the American people was attacked in this way, yes. um, and so there has to be there has to be accountability for this. And I, this is a this is a constitutionally prescribed measure for ensuring accountability towards a leader that has incited this action. So over to Dan Van Hoy um, with the Republicans overseas. Dan, how split is the Republican Party now? Now that ten have um, decided to vote in favor of impeachment of Trump. How split is the GOP? Well, that will re remain to be seen. Um, I, you know, Liz Cheney is frankly her what she said is precisely wrong, and uh, some things that my my friend uh, Nicholas just said are precisely wrong. I challenge Nicholas or anybody else to go and watch that speech by Trump. I watched it twice. I watched it last night in full disclosure. I fell asleep at the end of it. <laughs> so I woke up at one in the morning and then got up to come over here. But I, I watched it a second time. There is nothing in there related to incitement. Nothing, especially on the legal side, if you're going to use the legal definition of incitement. It's simply not there. He told them to march down the Capitol. Yeah. He said peacefully. He used, the word, he used the word peacefully. Jenny, you didn't watch the, the, the speech. I watch it many times. Okay. Well, you go back and watch it. And even Alan Turley, in a piece I have here, quotes Trump on the fact that he said, go peacefully and, and do it. The other issue is, obviously, the attack on the Capitol had to have planned, been planned long before the speech. All right? So linking the speech to the attack is a stretch. But that's easy, easy for the Democrats these days to take little things and expand them into big things. Therefore, we impeach the president without any uh, uh, real, a real trial or any type of information or discussion or debate. We just do this what Turley and others are calling a snap election. So if that's how we're going to run the U.S. Uh, government and ignore and damage the Constitution, then the country's in big trouble. If I may step in and add something. Yes, Nicholas. This is, this is not in relation to one particular speech. This is a pattern and a narrative that has been shared by the President Trump, and it frankly must be said, many members of the Republican Party, to put forward a false narrative of election fraud and attempts to overturn the will of the American voters in November. One, one specific example cited in the Articles of Impeachment is the call that President Trump made to Georgia's top election official, where he quotes the exact number of votes that he will need to find to overturn the election and, give, and deliver Georgia back to President Trump. Um, so it's not just one thing. It's a, it's, a, it's a narrative that has been building and actions that have been building 
over the past three months. Okay, Nicholas, Nicholas, I, I can quote from, I've got a copy of the impeachment bill in my hands here. And it says, uh, President Trump repeatedly issued false statements asserting that the presidential election results were the product of widespread fraud and should not be accepted by the American people. That, uh, uh, so the, that, I've talked with Hugh and when I've been on before, one of the things that bothers me so much these days is that people value their opinions and their feelings more than the facts and the truth. All right. And this is a good example of it right here in this impeachment bill. Uh, a fault, the term false statement is an opinion. All right. It's an opinion. There's no fact to it. You can go, and it's been well demonstrated, that there were problems with our election. We've talked about that here on Backchat, how uh, the U.S. is like 27th in terms of election integrity in the world, according to Cambridge. So this statement in, in, the, uh, in the article that uh, he made false statements is false itself. But what about the actual count of the votes? Is that not a fact? Actual counts of the votes where, Jenny, sorry? In the election, you, you, you're saying that uh, the president's um, uh, uh, implication that the, there was voting fraud, that the, that the counting of the votes uh, was, was, did not reflect uh, reality? It's, it's, there's different aspects to it, right? There is counting of the votes in different places. There's issues there. There's problems there. There are people who have submitted sworn affidavits under penalty of perjury that they saw voter fraud. There were hundreds of people that did that. The main issue to me, as I've explained, before is the issue of governors and secretaries of state usurping the legislature's power in those states to declare what the election rules are. That was the biggest problem, and that's a, just a fact. There's no debate about that. That happened. Mm. Okay. Uh, Francis Moriarty, uh, good day to you. Nice to talk to you again. Thanks for, thanks for, for joining us. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on this? Uh, what, what is going to be the impact of this, uh, uh, of this impeachment? Will it make much difference? Will it make any difference? Francis? Are you there, Francis? Nope. Okay. <laughs> I heard a small voice there from Mike, I think. Mike, good morning. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, while we, uh, we'll, 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 can I put that? Uh, yeah. We'll, Mike. Yeah. Go on. You want to, you wanted to comment. Yeah. Mike is a Mike is a listener and, and, and a regular uh, correspondent with. Uh, <laughs> correspondent uh, with now. Uh, I mean, he corresponds with us. Uh, yeah. Mike, you wanted to comment. And I have no invested interest. I mean, other than other than I like the president. So sorry. But who's John, Jonathan John Sullivan? That's a name that you should be familiar with. He is, he is a left agitator. He was, he was right in front, and he was leading out in that uh, 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 attack on the Capitol. And he's a BLM uh, Antifa. Remember that name. Yeah, I know who you mean. I know who you mean. Uh, yeah, because despite what you say, I do do my homework. Uh, yeah, uh, he describes himself as a, as a correspondent. Uh, and uh, as far as I know, he wasn't wearing any Trump slogans. Uh, and he was, watching, he was watching the events. Well, listen, if you ever get a chance to, watch the... Um, there is a Japanese lady who uh, analyzed about three different videos... And I made a, I made a lot of comment on this um, um, uh, this lady that got shot because I happened to watch that video and it was just atrocious. 
and there were police all around. And, and what I found mostly disturbing was one of the policemen who's standing over her body looks at the shooter and gives him a thumbs up. Now, I don't know what that thumbs up meant. I don't know if that thumbs up meant a good, a good job. I don't know if that thumbs up meant, um, you know, I, we're in control here. But this was just seconds after this, after the shooting. So there's a lot of video that's out. And uh, it, uh, uh, it, it almost looks like what happened um, when Hitler took power. And um, if you look, if you look, you know, look back in history to see how uh, the German um, uh, uh, parliament was burnt. And, uh, so, so, look, so can I just sort of paraphrase the presence of, of you mentioned John Sullivan because you think he was a, a, a BLM activist, someone on the left who was who was in the Capitol building, uh, and uh, therefore that this was a this was a false flag, this was a burning of the Reichstag. Uh, then, when when the uh, attack started on the Parliament, when they started, uh, Trump's Trump's speech was just finishing didn't have time for the people to get that far. So Mike, it's, was, it's interesting that organ, you, Mike, you used the word, Mike, yeah, you used the word parliament, and that seems to be precisely what Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats are aiming for, because it's in parliament you can be prime minister one day and the next day out on the street or just a regular MP or whatever in the parliamentary system. And that's what the Democrats are trying to do. They're trying to make the U.S. system almost like a parliamentary system where we have a snap decision, we impeach a president, and uh, even though he's just a f literally a few hours away from leaving office. Uh, but you, you haven't talked about why the impeachment, because the second impeachment would nullify him from ever being elected to any office. Well, well, it's it's in the what, it's in the declaration. Yeah, it talks about that. Yeah. yeah. So this is this is in what, the resolution. This is what Pelosi is aiming at. If we, you know, if we impeach him a second time, then we don't have to worry about him any longer. As if it's Trump. It's the unsatisfied people in the United States. Nobody's happy with the Republican Party, and if you're happy with the Democratic Party, you, you just you know you're a socialist. You're you know you're going down that. You're going down that deep, dark road. Okay, so now that he has been impeached a second time, um, yeah. is yeah, there a yeah. future for him in American politics? Do you think there should be? Is it you know, you know what? Here's, you know, I can give you the right wing conspiracy theories because I listen to them. I don't believe them, but uh, um, there is a uh, what do you call it when when there's a a, a, a government that's um, that's a legitimate government, but they're behind the scenes. You're I, I talking about I, a deep state. I, I don't know what you mean. Shadow government. Well, uh, uh, what is it, uh, de facto? Or what's the, I can't, I don't know the term. But he is, do you think he's going to be silent? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that if he doesn't, um, you know, if he, he's not going to go away quietly, but he'll probably start up a news broadcasting station. He'll probably try to get rid of the, the mainstream media so that we can have a more balanced and even uh, account of what's happening. Okay. Because if, if I may jump know, in, I think yeah, to answer your question about will if Trump gets impeached, will the role in American politics continue? That's really up to the Republican Party. Um, the Republican Party needs to make a decision and decide um, what it stands for um, and does it stand for uh, the continuity eroding. 
of American democratic institutions and norms, or will they, or will they, you know, practically preach, which they've been preaching a lot of stuff about unity and healing the country in the past couple of days, um, will they actually practice what they preach and work to represent uh, the American people? And the majority of the American people, which it should be noted, the majority of the American people voted for Democratic President Joe Biden, sorry, uh, Vice President Joe Biden. Well, that's um, debatable. Okay, so Mike, just to summarize, you're saying that there should there should be a second government uh, set up in the United no, no, States. No, no, Is that no, right? I'm not saying I'm not saying there should be anything. Okay, but there will I'm be. Saying, I'm saying I'm saying there should have been a a forensic examination of the ballots in those six uh, uh, states. But the Democrats refused, even though the legislature demanded in, in um, uh, one of the states, I can't remember, I think it was Georgia, uh, uh, no, it was Michigan, they demanded to see the ballots. And uh, so far, everybody's slow walking it. Everybody, so the, 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 the governors and the election board are refusing to show the ballots. It was in that... Uh, where they had that 90-minute video, and they said, all we got to do is see those ballots for two hours, and we can tell you whether or not those ballots are fraudulent. And they won't let them examine the ballots. What does that tell you? Okay, Mike, thanks very much indeed for your call. Our number is 233-88266. We've got Francis Moriarty now. Francis, hello? Hello, you. I hope you can hear me. Yes, I can. Yes, yes, loud and clear. Yeah, good Good to talk to you. I wanted to talk to you maybe about the um, kind of the implications uh, given this impeachment. What uh, What is going to happen? I mean, how do you see the, uh, the American political landscape developing? Uh, where do you think Trump, what will Trump be doing in six months' time? Well, let me start by saying, listening to Donald Trump saying that he has no responsibility for what happened, it's like listening to Michael Jackson singing, The Kid Is Not My Son. Uh, he is responsible for the whole development of this atmosphere, for exploiting the atmosphere. Francis, for Francis, excuse me. Sorry, Francis. Dan, can you wait? Sorry, Dan, Sorry, please. No, 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 please, please, please. Okay. Yep. Francis, carry on. And then at the last minute, he backs off and says uh, words that could be interpreted two different ways and ultimately then gives a speech which he clearly did not write himself in which he tries to call for common peace. The fact of the matter is that the, the, if you look at the vote, there's only 35 votes difference between the Democrats pro-impeach and the Republicans who are anti-impeach. I think that reflects the, very closely the division in the vote and the division in the United States today. I don't think Trump is going to disappear. That is certainly not his inclination as a person. He also has a son and a daughter who may have their own ambitions. The Trump brand may be out there for quite a long time. I think he will get involved in some way in media that he either has a, um, a majority influence in or he may even own it himself. He's certainly got money tucked away that he can use for that if he, if he chooses. So I don't think either Trump or Trumpism is uh, a feature in American political life that's going to go away anytime very soon. And you can look at another level, for example, look at relations with, with China, where we've just had uh, Secretary of State Pompeo, uh, release a, a document basically saying that we now have um, freed up our relationships with, with Taiwan. Now, I think that document doesn't really say all that much. Other people may disagree with me. I think it 
concretizes what has been the practice for a number of years already. But nonetheless, it's just laying one thing out there that's going to cause trouble for Biden as he comes in, and he's already got his hands full. And it seems to be that Pompeo is doing what he can to make life more difficult for the Biden administration because Pompeo um, has his own ambitions in the future. And I think maybe right now the victim in all of this, other than the entire United States, but if we're looking at individuals, is in some respects Mike Pence. I think that Mike Pence's immediate future in politics may very well have been thrown under the bus by his boss. You talk about Trumpism rather than the Republican Party. Is Are they going to go their separate ways? Those are two different things. I mean, if you go back even to the 1960s, there were articles appearing in publications by conservatives that said the Republican Party is simply a tool. If it gets us where we want to go and accomplishes the things we want to accomplish, we work with it, we use it. If at some point it gets in the way, we just kick it aside uh, and, 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 and we'll move on from there. And that's exactly the playbook that Donald Trump is working from. Okay, the party so... is now so associated with Trump that you either continue down that path or perhaps you disappear and turn into something else. We may be seeing the beginning of a, of a three-party system. So, so Dan, um, uh, carrying on that point that Francis is making, that, that Trump uh, may, may be now a, a separate political entity from the GOP, maybe alongside people like Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley. Do, do you see that? Do you see that split happening to the Republicans? I don't. I don't. Absolutely. No, I don't. And Francis, I'm sorry, I need to correct you. Trump moderated his his uh, statement about responsibility, and, and as my understanding, a report indicated that he said that he did accept some responsibility for what happened uh, on the on the mall. I, I have not seen it. You, I would yeah. be happy to see. I have not seen it anywhere. He's okay, where he Francis, said, I'm happy to send that to you. Well, my understanding was that there was a report of that. Uh, a second-hand report, but then it never came to anything. And then when he, when he did actually speak, he said he bore no responsibility. Okay, well, let me, let me quote one of his uh, friends and colleagues um, who I saw on television. I can't remember who it was, but I think he had it right on the, on the money. He said, uh, there is no incitement. Go look at his speech, go re list, watch the speech, no incitement. But he said Trump was not careful about how he handled this. He could have handled it better. He could have, he tried to gin things up, which is the Trump style, right? I mean, it's been his, his style for his whole presidency of uh, uh, emotional appeals and let's get it done, da-da-da-da. So his friend... Uh, that's why if you look at, that's exactly why if you look at his, the, the, the statements by him that are proximate to the actual event... Um, you, you say, oh, I don't see incitement. But when you look at his statements and his speeches over the four years of his presidency, clearly there is a pattern, and clearly they were expecting him to come down to the Capitol building. He had indicated that he was going to come down and talk to them. So they, they marched back away from downtown Washington to the Capitol building again, expecting he was going to show up, and he didn't. He left them out there high and dry, and then he's got distance between himself and them to claim uh, that he didn't incite in any way. I think you've got to look at the whole issue of charging the elections were fraudulent. They went to court after court after court. What, more than 50 different courts? Nobody could find any evidence that there was any serious manipulation. Francis, that's not in true. any of the states? Not true. You're wrong. They, I'm sorry. There was plenty case, of evidence. You name, one, name, name me one case where the decision in the court was that was a fraudulent vote. They Most won. of the time, it never got to the court. It never. There was no trial. Oh, there no, was no discovery. Oh, come on. 
Oh, you can't recite nonsense like that. It was in courts all over the United States, Pennsylvania courts, Georgia courts, Florida courts, Wisconsin court, Michigan court, uh, in Nevada courts. And they were dismissed. They were dismissed. By? By the judges. Uh, judges, and, most of them Democrats. Of them found any evidence of, of, of fraudulence. There, there was plenty of it. The only one that went any, the only one that went any slight way in favor of of the president was where they said we want to be able to get closer to observe the actual counting. And the judge in that case said, "All right, you can go in and get a little bit closer to observe the counting of the votes." And that was the end of it. And there was no further challenge Francis, at that point. Can you That's at least the closest thing they got in a in any case? Can you at least agree that we have you, that we have election integrity problems in the U.S.? Can you agree that we do? Nothing compared to many other places, but nobody's perfect. And we have, we have, we have okay. Have Cambridge says we're number twenty-seven. Come on, have people who wanted to argue about election integrity. You're talking to a guy who lived as a kid in Georgia. You want to talk about election integrity? Look at the elections and the way people in certain categories in the United States have been kept away from the polls. You want to look at election integrity? Look look at the election between. Nixon and Kennedy, where Nixon finally said, okay, go ahead, he, and, and that was a patriotic act. He could have challenged the vote county in Cook County, Illinois, that, which was going in Kennedy's favor, and, and basically gave him the presidency, and, and he stepped back. It was a very presidential thing for Nixon to do. Um, okay, well, let's... He didn't have to do it. Sure, there have been problems all over the years, but look at the systematic uh, way that people in the United States in certain categories are, are not allowed to vote at all. They're, they're, they're uh, protected, and not protected is the wrong word. They're interfered with when they try to get to the polls. Um, votes get lost. And, you know, that's, that's the history of voting. In a lot the of Donald States. Trump votes got lost this time. All right. Well, we'll just put it on pause for a moment. We're going to break for the news at 9 o'clock. John, in an email, says, The real struggle in American politics for the next year or so will be for the soul of the Republican Party. Uh, DJ Trump uh, Jr. says it's now the Trump Party. Traditional Republicans are fighting back. I suggest RTHK have a session where your guests represent both sides of that debate. Mike the Trumpy versus Chris Eckline or Tarek Dennison. That would be an informative session, uh, says uh, John. And uh, Jay says, The fact that most people are using media to get the information, many of us were manipulated by algorithms and fake news. And as for Trump, he said, march on over to Capitol Hill, said nothing about trashing the joint. Uh, all this talk on the news is propaganda gone out of control, and that's America for you. That's from Jay. The weather, mainly fine and dry, cold. There's a cold weather warning, frost warning, 14 degrees, the latest readings, with a relative humidity of 64%. Britain has spread to 50 countries and territories. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back. Back chat this Thursday morning with Jenny Lamb and me, Hugh Chiverton. We're talking about uh, American politics now as Donald Trump becomes the first American president to be impeached twice. Uh, we're discussing the uh, implications, uh, the reasons for that. Uh, we have with us Francis Moriarty, uh, a journalist in the United States, formerly of uh, RTHK, and uh, Dan Van Hoy, a 20-year resident of Hong Kong, teacher, businessman, member of Republicans overseas. We're also joined by Nicholas Gordon from Democrats Abroad in the first part of the uh, programme. Later, we're also going to be talking about uh, vaccines. Uh, why are we getting such uh, confusing messages about the uh, efficacy of uh, different vaccines and the Chinese vaccines in particular, what's going on with those tests in, in, in Brazil uh, and uh, what should our attitude uh, be in uh, here in Hong Kong? Uh, if you've got any thoughts on those questions, then uh, email backchat at rthk.hk or better yet, call us. And our telephone number is 233-88266. We'd like to hear from you, 233-88266. Or you can go to our Facebook page as well. That's backchat and RTHK Radio 3. Mike in an email says, uh, on Pompeo's Taiwan 
comments. Taiwan comes out and says, stop worrying what Beijing says. We don't care. Put your money where your mouth is. Uh, I think this is in reference to the uh, uh, election, uh, claims of election fraud. Uh, put your money where your mouth is. Uh, show me a court in which they were shown all evidence and $1,000 to you. Put up or shut up. That comes uh, from uh, Mike. Uh, and uh, John uh, says, your Trumpist guest alleges that governors and secretaries of state usurp the policies of state legislatures to determine the outcome of elections. He's attempting to substitute a made-up, self-interested reading of a constitutional provision that's been held for 250 years to support the role of state officials and never challenged until now. The courts have never validated such a new reading. The Trumpies are trying to overthrow the established constitutional order simply to keep their huckster in place. The revolutionaries nowadays are on talk radio and it's a shame to see RTHK turned into a one-way megaphone. That comes uh, from John. Thank you very much indeed for that. We try very hard not to be a one-way uh, anything uh, um, we always uh, welcome uh, comments um, let's see uh Tom says, please have Francis Moriarty on the show more often, not just to comment on the US, but also on the state of affairs in Hong Kong. He's well qualified and has a prudent perspective on both. Uh, Jim says, today's back chat free for all reinforced the perception that the USA standing in the world is diminishing rapidly. And why? Because the so-called intelligent electorate fell for the lies of a proven con man. Amazing. That is from uh, Jim. And, uh, yeah, I think that's it for the moment. Um, yeah, sorry, one more, one more uh, comment from John who says, if your Trumpy guest is really concerned about election integrity, the time for him and his groupies to get active is now, looking forward to the next elections. What is totally unacceptable is for them to wait until after the votes have been counted and their guy has lost to, tr to try to look at institutional change. Many of the judges in recent cases who were not contrary what to to what was stated earlier, all Democrats, many were appointed by Trump, rightly noted that the time to object to electoral arrangements is before the vote takes place. That comes uh, from John. Thank you very much indeed. Um, uh, Dan Van Hoy, you know, we hear sort of kind of extreme uh, predictions of the of, of the future and the future shape of politics in, in, in the US. What, what, what do you think is going to happen? Um... It, to be honest, it's a sad time for me. This has been a sad week because here I live in Hong Kong. I love Hong Kong. I've seen democracy sh shredded here. It was, it was the Hong Kong experiment, the 23-year experiment in democracy, and it failed. Now I'm seeing a 244-year experiment in democracy, the American experiment it's often called, and it's failing. It is failing. And I don't know how we stop the slide. Part of the problem is the, Dem uh, the Republicans, as John infers, where were they? Where were they? Why weren't they, ha didn't have, why didn't they have the hands on uh, in all these different areas and making sure that this didn't happen and unfold as it did? The Republicans often are very feckless. The Democrats are very strong and very unified. It makes them powerful. Um, I, Honestly, I don't know where the country goes from here, but I don't know how we get back to uh, a focus on upholding the Constitution. I, I have it here in the studio with me, a copy of the U.S. Constitution. And I also have a blank sheet of paper. In my opinion, the Democrats wants to shred this document in my left hand, the Constitution, and go to this blank piece of paper. Anything goes, what we say goes. I was thinking about Joe Biden's comments. Uh, he's saying it's a dark winter ahead. We have a dark winter ahead. 
he's referring to, I think, the, the flu, uh, the, the COVID flu, COVID-19. But then I thought, Dark Winter, where have I heard that? And I realized Game of Thrones. And I went back and I thought, didn't Cersei Lannister in Game of Thrones say something similar to this? Uh, and when she is uh, talking to Joffrey, she's the queen, right? Those of you who don't know Game of Thrones, she's the kind of the evil queen and he's the evil son. She says, Some, someday to Joffrey, you will sit on the throne and the truth will be what you make it. And then she says to him, everyone who isn't us is an enemy. To me, that's the modern de- Democrat Party. You see it in the way Nancy Pelosi comports herself and what she does, this ridiculous impeachment uh, attempt, which is going to go nowhere because how do you impeach somebody? The Constitution very clearly says it has to be the person in office. If Trump isn't in office, you can't impeach him. So uh, where the Democrats end up taking the country in the next two years, uh, I'm afraid a dark winter is ahead. And Joe Biden's going to be leading the way. Francis, what do you think? So Dan, Dan believes that democracy has failed America. And, and as he quoted from the Game of Thrones, the truth is what you make of it. What do you think, Francis? Well, let me say two things. I think you can find analysis very similar to what he's talking about with, with kings and the manipulation of language by reading uh, uh, Alice in Wonderland. Um, but I, I think in terms of the future, it's very uncertain. And I think we have been through worse times, as bad as this looks. Um, this is not a full-out civil war like we went through in the 1860s. Um, it's, it's not yet the Spanish flu that we went through uh, at the end of World War I. There have been many dark moments being attacked by Japan in World War II, having to fight in Europe. And my, my father was one of the millions who, who fought in that and is now buried at Arlington National Cemetery. And there's thousands of them there. Go there and look at the graves and then think about where we are now. I think we've been through some very, very bad times. And I think we'll see some difficult times ahead. But I think that nothing is forever. Things will change, and we need to tackle problems about, uh, for example, information, the the whole information age and who controls it and how are things uh, distributed and who has the power and the control and the silification of information, uh, separating things into different avenues and grouping people uh, based on uh, oftentimes emotional words that are counted by an algorithm, and we don't know what those algorithms are. These are very serious questions that need to be dealt with, and I think we've got to tackle those while at the same time we're looking at some of the systemic problems in our judicial system and in our political system. Do you think this is down to Trump, or how much is this down to Trump, and how much is this uh, Trump a, a symptom rather than a cause? Trump is a provoker. He's a provocateur. He, he takes existing issues... And, and he knows where to go. He has a, a, a sort of a, a feral gift for going right into something and sticking his finger on, on the part that really hurts and, and where there's something he can stir up. He's a, a sort of genius at that kind of thing. And, and at using extremist language and getting people very emotionally excited. And, and he also, which is as a sort of technical point, he rarely speaks in full sentences. He, he stops partway along the way, and people can then fill in the rest of the sentence with what they think he's going to say or what they want him to say, and they, then they get applauded, but he hasn't actually, actually said that. Um, it, but he indicates things, and so he's, in addition to other things, a great indicator, but necessar- not necessarily a great explainer and certainly not a deep thinker. Um, he just has a certain ability that is, you know, uh, evil and, and provocative. Um, that's his skill. So where do we go from here? One thing I think is we, we've got to get him in some way, he and his, uh, out of the way 
Uh, I think that's going to be very difficult because they've plugged into a certain core of people that are not going to disappear. And some of those people have, there are legitimate grievances in there, but they're legitimate grievances that could be dealt with in other ways or which are the result of things that oftentimes the people who are affected don't really understand. I don't think most people in the United States really understand, for example, trade with China and how it works. I don't think, don't think most of them, even soybean farmers, understand exactly how things work and, and how their uh, $60 billion in payouts got paid to them and where that money came from. Uh, it's, it, it, these are things that you know most Americans don't even have a passport. So they don't see a whole lot of the world. They, they work very hard at the life that's in front of them and, and try to do their best. And that's what you know, hundreds of millions of Americans do most of the time. Um, so I don't think they can necessarily always be faulted. And one thing we have to look at, and this is a business that we all work in as journalists, we have to look to what has happened to the whole news industry over decades. In the 1970s up until the mid-1980s, most TV networks in the United States, and there were only a few, had major bureaus in capitals all over the world. They sent foreign correspondents out to talk about stories and issues everywhere. Then they began cutting all of that back because it cost money and the networks became profit centers. And so if you look at, for example, CNN or MSNBC today or Fox, you see collections of talking heads. What you don't see are, are bureaus fully staffed with good reporters and backups in, in cities and capitals all over the world. You don't see them rushing off to cover disasters happening in other places, except on, on, on occasion. Uh, so you don't have the depth, you don't have the resonance, you don't have the breadth of vision that we once had. We somehow have to look at all of that. Um, and, and everything in the world cannot be reduced to being a revenue model. Okay. Mm -hmm. So some uh, comments from listeners. Uh, Richard II says... The Republican representatives cited the USA as being 27th in terms of election integrity. Yes, because of Republican efforts to disenfranchise predominantly African-American voters. Florida, where over a million former inmates have their voting rights overturned by the Republicans. Texas, where the number of ballot drop boxes were reduced to one. Gerrymandering of voting districts over decades to ensure that minority votes dominate the governance of the USA, largely to the benefit of corporations and the very wealthy, and to the detriment of the majority of Americans. Finally, a comment on Mike's comment. I think he said the dark road to socialism. There's nothing in the USA that comes close to socialism, except socialism for the wealthy through state subsidies, low tax and handouts, and raw capitalism for the rest. Socialism is not what he thinks it is. It is not the same as communism and effectively puts people at the heart of government decision-making, not a small plutocracy. The difference is one of perception, and that is hugely vulnerable to personal bias, fear, and self-benefit. Lies, damn lies, and Republicans. That comes from uh, Richard II. S says, uh, for your listener, in the past 200 years, the personal data for vote rigging was not as readily available uh, as now. And uh, <clears throat> Mike says, Democrats can lie, cheat and steal. And because of their audacious habit of trying to talk over people they think are superior, not. Answer to John's email, the judges did not allow discussion on methods and ways of election before the election. They were told to wait until after a crime had been committed. Study the subject. That comes from Mike. Dan, do you get the last word? I want to read something from Professor Jonathan Turley, who's a renowned law professor about the impeachment. He says, the damage caused by the rioters this week was enormous. However, it will pale in comparison to the damage from a new precedent of a snap impeachment for speech protected under the First Amendment. 
It is the very... It is the very threat that the framers sought to avoid in crafting the impeachment standard. In a process of deliberative judgment, the reference to a snap impeachment is a contradiction. In this new system, guilt is not doubted and innocence is not deliberated. This would do to the Constitution what the violent rioters did to the Capitol and leave it in tatters. I believe that the Democrats want to destroy the Constitution. It gets in the way of their agenda. They, they want a, a new constitution. They want a new way of governing. Uh, it's, it's very simple, Hugh. There's a very simple formula. The more power government has, the less power the people have. The more freedom government has, the less freedom the people have. The Democrats want more government. They want more taxes. They want uh, the people to have less input on what the government does and control over the government. This is precisely the opposite of what the founders wanted, the founders of the country. But again, the foundation for America has always been uh, a Judeo-Christian faith. That's what the Constitution was built on. And if we abandon that faith, if we turn away and become an immoral people and uh, throw away the Constitution, then who knows what we'll have left at the end. Okay. Well, Dan Van Hoy, thank you very much indeed for, for joining us, member of the Republicans overseas. Thanks to Francis Moriarty, a journalist in the US, formerly of uh, RTHK, and uh, Nicholas Gordon, also from Democrats Abroad in the first part of the programme this morning. Thank you very much indeed for joining us this morning. Uh, it's now uh, 18 minutes past nine. We're going to turn to finally today to the question of vaccines and the uh, very mixed signals um, that, are, that are coming in uh, when it comes to uh, testing of uh, the Sinovac uh, uh, alternatives. Uh, in particular, uh, we've had uh, different results coming in from uh, Brazil and uh, different uh, contrasting results also coming in from other places where that particular vaccine um, has been uh, tested. Uh, what does this imply for the way forward for Hong Kong? Dr. Arasina Ma joins us now, President to the Hong Kong Public Doctors Association. Dr. Ma, good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you very much indeed for, for joining us. Uh, it's, it's kind of baffling, uh, these figures that we're getting, the different figures from different places and, and uh, different figures even from the same place when it comes to the Sinovac vaccine. Can, can, do you understand what's going on? Why, why are we getting such confusing uh, information? Um, actually, I would like to say, uh, first of all, um, for the Sinovac vaccine, uh, for their phase three study, uh, or those, all those informations from different countries, they are all uh, released by the pharmaceutical company, but not uh, released through a peer-revealing scientific journal. So the data just come from the company. Whether the data, the statistic, uh, anything reliable, any mistake, we don't know yet because it hasn't go through a panel of editor. But uh, even uh, for the information come from their own company, since there is some uh, quite a uh, result from different places have quite, uh, quite a big variance. So it is not a good sign for a scientific study. So should, should the Hong Kong public worry then if we are to be offered, say, the Sinovac uh, vaccine? Because, because uh, it, one day it was 78% efficacy and then an, uh, a week later it's only 50%. Should people worry? Um, Although the pharmaceutical company said that it's just uh, the difference uh, of figures is just because they um, uh, 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 interpret or um, uh, um, in different way or different group of patients, but we, maybe we just own and look at the overall efficacy, which is uh, close to the uh, WHO requirement. The primary endpoint is still a, uh, um, a, a, a quite a big difference. So I think maybe. It's 
fairly speaking, Sinovac vaccine is a safe vaccine, but its efficacy is uh, questionable at this stage. I think without a, um, a, a full report from the pharmaceutical company or a full uh, report from the scientific journal, we cannot really have a um, trustable figure uh, or trustable sense about the vaccine yet. So given the choice, if you were to go to a vaccine centre, if I was to go to a vaccine centre and given the choice of uh, Pfizer, which has over 90% efficacy and, and something that might have something between 50 and 78%, should I not say uh, no thanks to Sinovac and, and just refuse to have the vaccine unless it's Pfizer? Would, would that be a... I think um, if you are given you, if you are given a choice uh, in the center, uh, all the vaccines are available. Um, at this stage, I think um, vaccine like uh, um, BioNTech, AstraZeneca, or even the Moderna one seems to give you a more promising or more reliable result. But um, I, I, I'm maybe a couple of months later, the Sinovac finally can give you a, 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 a full report. Maybe we need to re-evaluate it again. But at this stage, um, if you just look at the advocacy itself, I think I would like to say the BioNTech, the AstraZeneca, or the Moderna seems to give you a more reliable data. Uh, how, much are the, how much is this a case of not comparing apples to apples? Are all these tests being done on the same number of people? Uh, the, uh, because I read uh, the South China Morning Post that, that some of it was you know, about counting whether people, whether they included people with low symptoms. How much is it a case of just not comparing apples to apples? Um, to be honest, um, all the vaccine, they conduct their own scientific study. Uh, if we said that we want to compare apple to apple, uh, we need a scientific study that had to have comparison. That means uh, one scientific study with all the vaccines and compared all the uh, data together. But uh, usually for the early phase of a new drug or uh, early phase of a new vaccine, it is impossible. It may happen years later. But uh, although the uh, design or the, uh, how the, the experiment conduct is different, but they take the reference from the WHO. So the primary endpoint, the WHO do have, uh, uh, did give us some uh, comments or recommendations for the primary endpoint. Usually it's including all symptomatic infections, and that is confirmed by laboratory. So I think though we can say that um, it is not apple to apple, but, we, but if we just look at the primary endpoint, the general efficacy is still, um, you can still compare different vaccines um, from their study. What's the gold standard here? Is it the peer-reviewed journals? Uh, is it the WHO? Who should have the last um, word on that? When we, um, I think for scientific study or any medical study, uh, we always we, we can't really rely on only the investigator released the results. Usually, for gold standard, is the investigator they got their own results, they prepared their own journal, and then they uh, submitted to one of those. Uh, 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 well-known scientific journal, and then in the scientific journal, they will be reviewed by a panel of experts. Um, they are experts in that aspect. They are also experts in statistics, medical statistics, ethics, so on. So it, it, it may take weeks or months for the journals to come out. 
for very good study, there is no not much critic uh, criticism, so it can go through quickly. For some study, there may be some problem of the design, or there's some they need some further clarification from the the author. It may take longer for the uh, scientific journal to come out. So, Doctor Ma, as we know, you know, a uh, Qantas at least, or, or some of the other airlines are suggesting that in future, people who have not been vaccinated. They may not be allowed to go on the on 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 flights. You know, we, we Hong Kong has an app with, which the government says in future will show whether you know what kind of vaccine you've had when you've had it. Do you envisage a problem when when people don't know which vaccine is actually safe, whether which one to trust? Um. Definitely. I personally, I, 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 I'm questioned, I have a question about this practice, whether you get the vaccine before you get on the plane. Even you get the best vaccine, uh, be honest, uh, whether the, the chance for you respond to the vaccine is maybe 60 or 70 or even 80 percent. There is no 100 percent. And also, it depends uh, uh, when you, you say that, okay, I test whether I got the antibody for the, uh, for the virus. It depends when did you test it. Uh, for example, if you just test it maybe just one day after the second dose of vaccine, maybe your antibody level is still very low. If you test it 14 days or even later, you may have a better antibody level. So I personally, I, 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 I don't support this, um, this, this, um, this, um, uh, plans, but uh, if the government really uh, push for it, they must have a very clear guideline for that. And of course, you know, with all vaccination, uh, this being a new one, no, no one knows whether it's going to be effective for life, whether we need a booster in, in two years' mm. time. Um, when can the public feel safe to safe to know that after I've had a vaccine, I feel protected, to some extent, <laughs> anyway? Uh, if you be honest, uh, I always like to say that the whole global vaccination program is also a kind of experiment. It's just a real-world experiment. As you say, how many people will respond to the vaccine to get, can get the protection, how long the protection can last, uh, any side effect. To be honest, if you want a really um, good picture globally, it may take you a couple of years uh, for a more analysis. Uh, maybe an experiment will, uh, will, 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 will conduct will be conducted later this year. So, to be honest, everyone now go for the vaccine. Maybe the first thing we can consider is whether it's safe or not. So if it's safe, okay, and then we can look at the efficacy. But if you say um, about the long-term uh, protection and so on, no one got a very good data about it. Okay. Isn't, isn't the problem really that this has just become, well, for Sinovac, and especially for us in Hong Kong, this has just become political. Uh, it's, uh, and if you look at the comments... Uh, 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 and reactions to the to the Sinovac data, it's completely along sort of blue and yellow lines. Uh, uh, can we ever pick that apart? Can we ever trust, you know, what the scientists will say to be purely scientific, or is it always going to have a a, a political uh, pro or against China uh, kind of cast? Um, I think. Um the affair comment of the final vaccine, I will say you can, you, you must uh, absolutely uh, uh, abandon it. But to be honest, um, we cannot uh, really um, uh, con conduct a large-scale uh, vaccination program with the vaccine without the final um, phase three scientific general data. So I just, as other countries said, we cannot uh, really comment whether the Sinovac vaccine is effort, uh, is is um, is 
is, 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 is efficacy is acceptable at this stage because we are only given uh, some part of the data from the pharmaceutical company. So it's difficult for us to uh, to to interpret it, even for the experts. So um, I, if the Sinovac vaccine, if the pharmaceutical company want us want our confidence, want our trust, they must uh, prepare the data well and release it as soon as possible. Okay. Um, some comments then to finish off. Tom on Facebook says the Sinovac vaccine clearly helps and is being widely rolled out to the global south. It appears that the anti-China crowd would happily watch people die to advance their political agenda. The efficacy is far higher for more severe categories of COVID, but the Western media again is of course not discussing any factual information that distorts their Harry Potter-esque narrative that the country provides all their consumer products is the big baddie of the YA novel. That is uh, from Tom. Uh, and uh, also uh, Mike says vaccines do not prevent person-to-person transmission. They lessen the effect of the virus on your body. Truth, my friends. That's uh, from uh, Mike. Matthew says, once again, if offered a free choice, are there any members of the Backchat New Listener cadre who are patriotic enough to take the Sinovac vaccine as their first choice? Your silence on this one itself definitely unpatriotic, boys. That comes uh, from uh, Matthew. And Mike also says, prevention is wearing masks and washing hands forever. You must do this. Thank you very much indeed uh, for those comments. Uh, And uh, one more. Uh, Yeah, well, we've got a few comments on the topic of um, uh, the uh, elections and the situation in the United States, which we'll get to in a moment. Uh, Dr. Ma, thank you very much indeed for joining us. Arasina Ma there, President of the Hong Kong Public Doctors Association. Uh, Mike says, cheating but only on one side. Why? When the Republicans harp on about voting irregularities, they never mention cheating from the right. They honestly think if there is cheating, it is only from the left. Um, Alan says, Backshout, predictably your guests parrot the QAnon-style conspiracies. Then then they say there should be healing, no consequences at all for those who promoted and incited the assault. There can never be healing while these loonies keep insisting the election was fraudulent, despite two months of court cases where judges told them how stupid they were. Bill Barr said the election was fair. Yet Mike and all these other Trumpies go on and on about debunked conspiracies. What 60 Minutes were the Georgia election officials explaining in great detail how much BS they all are. But they explained it to Trump and he just ignores them and says it again. These guys keep talking about a huge conspiracy but they never put any names to it. They show all the signs of cult members. They are impervious to facts. They believe Trump is their saviour and all opponents are demons. I will note that their style of argument is basically identical to Hong Kong blues. That comes uh, from uh, Alan. Richard II says, moreover, truth is what you make it, question mark. This turns on the difference between fact and belief. Facts are not postmodern constructs that are negotiable, depending on what your preferences are. Gravity does not depend on whether you believe in it. Conversely, beliefs are tied tied closely to wants and values, such as colour preference, and cannot be right or wrong outside of a moral code. So if your moral code is from the 18th century, then 21st century values are wrong. This cannot be resolved unless there is a common agreement about a set of rules, but these rules have been gamed by previous politicians to advantage themselves and their backers who they represent. This then becomes a corrupt system, but one that belief defends as truth, when it is no more true that purple being superior to pink. That comes uh, 
from uh, Richard II. Louis says, I'm so glad the majority of listeners also think that Mike is wrong, wrong, and even more wrong. Uh, give me, it gives me some faith that people can overcome the trauma of COVID, Trump, and alt-right lunatics. Uh, Jim says, experiment in democracy, question mark. Hong Kong never had any form of democracy under British rule. At least post-1997, forms of democracy have been introduced. And do we need the chaotic democracy now evident in USA? That question from Jim. And I think uh, that's uh, just about it. One more comment, sorry, from Henry on Facebook, who says the problems in the US are deep-rooted, and I don't see how they would resolve that without doing introspection and withdrawing from provoking nations like Russia, China, etc. Blaming the other party like the Republican guest on the radio does not help or solve the matter equally. If I remember correctly, Global Times analysed the problems in US. Rich, poor issue, racial, middle class disappear, create external enemies to divert people's attention to internal problems like infrastructure, medical, president elected not by meritocracy, but by who is richest, who gets most donations, which are just bribe money, and make US can't get out of their position. That's from uh, Henry. Thank you very much indeed for for uh, all those comments. One more uh, from Matthew who says, sounds like a yes from Tom, wondering if he will follow through. Uh, comes from uh, Matthew. Thank you very much indeed for uh, uh, joining us today. Jenny, thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much. Uh, here's the weather before we go. Mainly fine and dry, cold this morning. Temperatures up to about 19 degrees during the day. And the outlook, mainly fine, but temperatures rising in the next couple of days, but still cool in the morning. There's still a cold weather warning and a red fire danger warning with a very low humidity at 54%. And the air temperature now, 15 Celsius. The Greater Bay Area provides even more choices for Hong Kong people. The modern transport network, with high-speed railways and highways, has brought the 10 other cities of the Greater Bay Area into our living circle. Whether we're planning to spend our leisure time, buy a home, or to retire in the Greater Bay Area, policy measures are in place to make things easy for us. Greater Bay Area Living. Greater Choices. 9.34, the news with Samantha Butler. It's understood that National Security Police have arrested 11 people for aiding criminals. Democratic Party District Councillor and lawyer Wong Guoktung wrote on social media that police showed up at his home at around 6 o'clock this morning. It follows the arrest last week of more than 50 pan-Democrats who took part in a primary vote for LegCo elections last year after officials warned it could breach national security laws. A land rights group says a court ruling yesterday means 900 hectares of land in the new territories that could have been put to public use will instead be reserved for private village houses. The Court of Appeal ruled yesterday that male indigenous villagers had a traditional right to build their own homes on both private and government land. Brian Wong from the Libra Research community disagreed, saying the original purpose of the small house policy in 1972 was to improve villagers' living conditions and there was no mention of indigenous rights. And the U.S. House of Representatives